Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Mm-hmm. 152. We're finally out of that stupid sphinx. It's true. And apparently we are never allowed to go back. <laughs> like we wanted to. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a little part of me that thinks Hollis would like to go back to do a legit archaeological dig. but I mean, Hollis really just wants to study the effect of the shadow plane here, and she could do that from outside. That is true. You could just go visit the Moftet. Mm-hmm. I actually found the Sightless Sphinx to be a rather enjoyable trek. But it was a lot. Could have it was a just, lot of cultists. Yeah, it, it was just like so much piled on at once. I don't necessarily think it was bad. We had some pretty epic fights in there that were... Uh, mm-hmm. I think we'll have to wait for the after party to find out what we missed in the tile room. I wish we had done that stupid tile puzzle. I don't know. I she know. probably would have just asked for whatever was behind it instead of the pieces. Well, that's fine. So, yeah, would probably have known. very valuable. Teaser here. In the upcoming after party, I will tell you guys about the three secret rooms that you missed. What? I'm not three. exaggerating. Three? <laughs> Dang. Sad. Technically, maybe four, if you count the tiles. I'm but yeah, the devastated. three other ones. <laughs> Jeez. One of them also came with a really cool fight, so uh, oh, we'll, get well to talk then. about that in the future. Oh, uh, well, you know, that <laughs> one's Happy okay. to have missed that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we, I don't we know. Had, it was a really fights. interesting stat block. I look forward to it, talking about that one. Interesting does not always mean good for us, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Ugh. So, uh, yeah, you guys have exited the Sightless Sphinx, the Sightless Sphinx of which you uh, you entered into in episode 132. So it was actually only 18 episodes. And considering the size of that map. We did pretty good. I think you guys made some pretty good time. Yeah. It was all the long hallways. Yeah. Now the Citra is in a, as feeble-minded and Sudi's in a bag. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm basically being treated like an item at the moment. I've been stuffed in the treasure sack. Hopefully this will be the one where they let the cat out of the bag, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> nice. I like that. Sing. Yes, that definitely has to be the episode title. We've already done it, and we're only like four minutes into this. Well, we're going to see if Sudi gets out of that bag this episode. That's the question. I mean, I Why that's true. wouldn't he? I'm scared now. So, yeah, in the previous two episodes, the party had confronted the forgotten pharaoh also known as the breakout duo of Serethet and Hakatep. Mm-hmm. A battle had ensued, which involved a great deal of uh, colors, basically, because prismatic sprays had been launched left, right, and boo. center, considering that she could use them three times per day. Very boo. Mm. We did good with our saves. You guys Mostly. did exceptionally well. Yeah, I was well. going to say, for the most part, yeah, we actually did amazing, except for that one time I failed. Well, the problem was it was Sudi. Like, Sudi kept getting hit with will and fortitude saves when his reflex is really his, you know, the reflex and the evasion is his shining defense as far as saves are concerned. Yep. Uh, although I think Sudi's fortitude's pretty good. Uh, I actually have a 13, 12, and 13, so reflex is actually my worst save. <laughs> oh. I always just assume it's your better option just because you have evasion and can ignore things entirely. That's uh, that's Citra. Yeah, and actually I think things were pretty poor for uh, Masika, too, because Masika kept getting hit with reflex saves, which is mm-hmm. poor for her and also did tons of damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got lucky with my fortitude saves. Yeah. I'm just glad I wasn't banished to another plane. 
That's true. I thought hey, that, that would, be would just would have been bad for no, it. Would have taken Sarah. so many episodes to. Would have been fun. There's a chance I just die outright because I've been t- teleported to a plane that literally you can't survive on without a, like a planar adaptation. So it's like you know the fire plane or something. And now that it seems like Hakatep is rejoined, he's probably much a bigger threat than he was when he was in three separate pieces. Well, we don't know that he's been rejoined because you Sudan guys don't know nothing about that because I didn't have yeah. time to tell you because I was too busy being <laughs> crazy. So in the following episode, the party basically had to do a, we've got to figure out something to do with Sudi, and eventually just kind of went, okay, we're going (laughs) to dimension door him into this room, and then wait until he bludgeons himself into unconsciousness, which did work. Although, unfortunately, it also ended up making him a hostage of a creature by the name of Areshkabed, whom you guys didn't actually get a chance to face. That's fine. Thankfully not. I'm okay with this. Mm -hmm. Hollis was like, I got 26 hit points. I'm not fighting a sphinx demon. She was just like, get out of my house. I like that she waited till we cleaned house to then come in and be like, by the way, GTFO. Yeah, she treated us like exterminators. Like, they will get rid of the pests, and then I will get rid of them. (laughs) So the party had eventually just agreed to go, okay, well, I guess we'll vacate the premises as opposed to fighting the female half-fiend divine guardian Gina Sphinx. Yeah, that just sounds like a bad... That's a lot of things right there. It's a bad time. That's a lot of templates thrown on there. That's an impressive uh, AC and hit point total and uh, three lines of defensive abilities. Yeah, so that would have been a bad time. Mm -hmm. So we gathered all of our things and got the heck out of there. You gathered your party and ventured forth. Yes, we did. And (laughs) we left off with the doorkeepers of the Duat being summarily kicked out of a door, basically, as the door That's was fine. slammed in your faces as you look back over your shoulders. Yeah. I just imagine, like, Citra's just, like, clinging to the back of Hollis's, like, coat. Because <laughs> mm. she just doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> so, as we begin, our heroes, the doorkeepers, step out, make their way forward along the crunching sand that doesn't give way too much as you walk along the path, the stones obscured beneath the sand as you walk out from under the shadow of the sightless sphinx and into the gaze of the sightless sphinx as you walk between the two long legs before beginning to make your way down the long twin rows of other sightless sphinxes staring down one another from across the distance. I need to meet up with Rahi, and I can't remember the other guy's name. There was another guy? Right, yeah, the, one the, we sent, guy. The, the one we sent out to... Lagash. Oh, Lagash. yeah. Okay. You walk your way down the long rows of sphinxes. Make your way forward, crest the rise. Eventually, you reach the spot where you had left Rahi. Are camels still here? I heard Neither <laughs> Rahi nor camels oh, are no. present. Uh oh. A stack of stones next to a second stack of smaller stones. Narmer. Stands here. Oh, no, that wasn't me. It's some sort of message. I greatly appreciate the Karen building. (laughs) Oh, if only Shooty was here. I know. I'm so sad I'm not there. Masika will go investigate the stack of stones. I'll give it to Masika for free just because Mm -hmm. you are a native of the desert. Uh, The two stones, in essence, form an arrow. The first stack of stones is, in essence, the body of it. And then the second smaller stack of stones is the direction in which the person left. All right, we need to go that way. Sure would be nice to have some camels. Or a sooty. Masika's going to go ahead and cast Nature's Path so we can make better time, even though we're just walking. 
you only have to navigate, make your way for maybe about two, eh, about a quarter of a mile. Mm. You eventually crest a dune of sand and find Rahi, your camels, <laughs> as well as Lagash, perched between two dunes. Musika waves. Rahi flutters her way forward, eyes the woman accompanying you curiously. Her brow furrows in some concern. You have lost a companion. No, he's just in the bag. Uh, yeah, he's temporarily, well, permanently until I can fix it insane. His body's in the bag. Well, he's alive. He's just, he doesn't breathe a whole lot. He's also alive, but his body's in the bag too. M- Masika holds out the cat. This is one of your friends. Masika turned her into a cat. Is there a way to reverse it? Technically. She is a cultist of Ereshkigal and was trying to kill us. But yeah, I, I, I can fix it once we meet back up with your people, I guess. Anybody can fix it if they have the right. She'll so. need more names now. <laughs> uh, Lagash laughs from the side. Uh, sorry, that was a joke. Cat's multiple names. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see you all again. How are you feeling? Better. Under good. the sun. In the sky with the breezes. He smiles, <laughs> extending his wings and letting the wind play through them. And this is Sarathet. Sarathet, this is Rahi and uh, Lagash. It's a pleasure to meet you both. Well, Citra will be okay tomorrow, too. Citra's just a little simple to that. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> she probably just, like, waves. <laughs> Citra hey, perks they... up anytime you mention her name. <laughs> okay, all right. Oh, she like, knows I'm her like name. Look at her. Squirrel? Trail ration? Does Citra want a trail ration? Is this a good place to camp? It's probably safer. I moved further away when I saw that the Girtablilu were breaking camp. Mm-hmm. They were fortunately marching in the opposite direction. But yeah, I they left. So. so they're gone now. And the cult? Dealt with. Well, the ones here anyway. Maybe you guys should tell her about her brother. Also. <laughs> like she's yeah. just been kind of dancing around the subject so far. But um, we regret to inform you that your you brother... Sorry is no longer part of this world. All of the others that were with him besides Lagosh and whoever the kitty is um, are also gone. Guys, I'm going to need you to try for some more sympathy here. That. I mean, Masika looks kind of sheepish, but... Well, I mean, like, explain what happened, not, oh, by the way, your brother's dead, but we're not going to tell you, like, why or Do you want to hear like, the like, details of how we brutally murdered your no, brother? No, not like that, but, like, <laughs> you know, say, like, there was no turning back for him or something like that. Like, stuff that Citra would The moral Citra compass isn't say. here. I was going to say, the stuff that Sudi and Citra usually say need to be said. <laughs> I, I logically explained the situation as in the nicest way I could think of. I assumed that there was no other way. They were cultists of a Reshkigal, and they attacked us and would not back down. It is probably for the best. Excuse me. Sure. She turns and makes her way up the nearby sand dune. Citra, like, tries to go after her because she sees she's hurting. I grab Citra's uh, collar, <laughs> like, of her shirt, not her actual, like, she's not wearing a dog collar, but, like, the <laughs> back of her shirt. <laughs> Like her pectoral that yes. she wears? Yes. <laughs> Lagash looks up after Rahi, kind of shuffles his feet, looks back towards all of you, pulls up a stick. Snake? There's a cooked snake on the stick. Yep, sounds good. I don't I'll know sit. how your people 
deal with this sort of, well, tragedy. Y'all are so bad at this. I know, this is this is brutal. This is effing brutal. Lagosh stares off towards Rahi's back as she reaches the top of the, the sand dune. She'll need time. Her father will take it worse, but stoically. I, I am not the person to comfort her either. She will take to the wing when the time comes, and the wind will take her tears. Oh, that's so poetic. Citra's not here to, like, comment on it. Losing <laughs> <laughs> hey, not being a part of this is hard. A sad fact in the desert. Please, please sit. Uh, I've been taking care of your eight points towards the camels. Camels. camels? My Osirian isn't always that great, and uh, we don't really use... I mean, I speak Very Sphinx. slow, plotting land Sphinx. animal. Oh, well, then, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be rude. I don't know I if thought... Sarathet speaks Sphinx. Sarathet is twiddling her thumbs on the side like, I don't know. I know, Hollis just because... wants to talk to Sarathet. She's like, yes, 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 Moftet, Moftet, sure, sure, sure. Sarathet does not speak Sphinx. Ah, okay, well. I guess Masiko will start setting up camp now that we have, like, tents and all of that jazz. I will point out that it's only like an hour or two after noon because can you guys make, didn't take. Can we make it to the cat folk? Mm. It depends on whether or not you're taking the uh, summoning up a mystical chariot to ride on. I don't have that spell flying today. across the sands. So then, no, you could probably make your way about halfway there. We should probably head for the cat folk. We have plenty of daylight left, and we can we can get Nima and. I guess we'll take the chariot to the Moftet after that and then return Chisisek and then meet up with everyone at the Oasis. Do we need to go to the Moftet? Can't we just tell the Moftet the message that we have here? I want to actually go tell the man, hey, we killed your son and you can return. I feel Mm. like that's, you know. Well, I feel like this whole thing's over anyway, so I don't know there's a time clock or anything. (laughs) But None of you know there's a time clock. And uh, are you looking to get back to Sothis, Seraphat? I would like to return back to Sothis, yes. Hmm. Although if you have things that must be attended here, and I would be more than happy to... There's too many of us to teleport everywhere with Nima and Seraphat. Well, no, I so... think uh, once we drop off our various cadres of people... The Merchant Oasis have... might be the best place to teleport from just because it's a easy location to remember and it'd be easy to get back to there to meet up with Falto and Nima yeah, would be we safe want to meet there. Up with Falto. perks up at the mention of Falto. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> yes. she remembers Falto. Alright. All right. So I guess let's get towards the catfolk as much as we can today. Mm-hmm. Okay. I will help you with your Campbells. And if Citra was there, she would say, be careful they spit. Mm-hmm. We say Citra nothing. Is I'm just here. Like, okay. I know, but she can't <laughs> say this stuff. You can't I, even think I, that I, stuff. I just assume Citra has wandered over to the camels and she's just petting them. So, because <laughs> like, I know, like when I just feel like brain dead, that's all I want to do is go pet a creature. I and think I feel we put like, Citra on a camel and yeah. we put Sarathat on a camel and then we lead the camels yeah. on her grunts approvingly. Yes. <laughs> Rahi returns after a brief flight, lands, her face set. We will escort you back to, I believe, the catfolk, or where you would need to go to first. Mm-hmm. The Amuram would be happy to receive you. After which I can escort you back to my father. Yes, we I do. I believe he promised you a reward him. for your service. Oh, right. 
should definitely go back for the reward then. Yes, because that's the uh, kind thing to say. Right yeah, now. Hollis is like, "All oh, right, I forgot there was even a reward." Sue isn't I feel speaking like either. I know. <laughs> okay, it's Jordan. That's, jo- that's greedy Jordan coming in with, with that. Greedy uh, Jordan. There's just a soft yep. purring, snoring sound coming out of a bag. <laughs> <laughs> Every couple of hours, Sudi regains consciousness because that's how being in the negative hit points work. Thrashes around for a little bit before clocking himself unconscious as he beats his head into the side of an arc piece that you've dropped in that bag. Yep. <laughs> oh, he's or ruining the all of our stuff. Of just a sec, just bam. Yep. <laughs> he just he just like basically is laid over the side of it as like a liquid, you know, thing. <laughs> you collect yourselves, collect your gear, mount up, or at the very least, I think you only have honor and victory with you, don't you? Yep. Well, and uh, I thought we had Masika Masika's had camels. Oh, and Masika's okay. camels, uh, oasis, and something. Sandy. But Sandy. Sandy's carrying all the stuff. Yeah, Sandy's carrying all the stuff. Including, I imagine, the bag of holding containing Sudi. Yes. <laughs> okay. So Hollis walks the camels that. <laughs> well, especially the one that Citra is on, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case she sees something and jumps off. Now you stay here. You travel through the rest of the day. The Moftet don't walk so much as just catch the hot air currents and glide in widening gears overhead as you make your way back off towards the north and east. Mm. In a much different situation, a much different mindset, I imagine, than when you'd first made your approach to the Sightless Sphinx. Mm. You walk for the next few hours. The sun begins to set. You find a place to make camp. Pull out tents, set things up. I imagine there's a certain degree of uh, Masika probably trying her best not to grumble too much since... uh, Usually she has Citra and Sudi to help her make camp. Like Hollis does her crazy bubble of magic or whatever it is, which I don't know. If she Hollis doesn't either. have that today. So <laughs> Hollis is like, oh, God, she's like the worst person to try to help put a tent together. Yeah, there's this awkwardly leaning tent over there. And of course, Citra is not intelligent enough to construct her own tent right now. Um, nope. Sudi's in a bag. Yep. The, let's see, six of you, not counting Sudi, who's in a bag gather around, set up a small fire, cook what little food that you have. I mean, you're mostly eating dried trail rations. Uh, I mean, Masika has her spell. Oh, is Masika creating magical food out of thin air? Yeah, Masika has create food and water memorized every day, so. Okay, so you guys have a triumphant feast and celebration of your victory. <laughs> this is Excluding fine. Excluding Sudi. You settle around here. You hear the soft purring sound of Sudi coming from the bag. Every once in a while, Narmer just climbs inside of the bag. <laughs> He's got to check on his brand. He's putting stones on top of Sudi's body. Uh, <laughs> He's just kind of leaning in like uh, like Spock. Remember. <laughs> <laughs> the night begins to pass. I, are each of you taking a watch? Usually, again, that's Sudi and Citra. Hollis needs to sleep a lot. Hollis can take first watch, uh, and I want to talk to Sarah that anyway, so that works for me. I can take a watch with Citra. No. Oh, God. That's the blind leading <laughs> the oh blind. Oh, my gosh. Please allow this to happen. I mean, I can take every watch, actually, technically. Yes, you can stay but up. As long as Mashika winds me first. You can stay up for every watch if you want. I'll take last watch. actually wa- need to sleep, so. I'm pretty sure if I yelled attack, Shitra would attack. <laughs> I think she knows she the basic attack command. Um, Probably down and defend, too. I love that too. we just decided that Citra <laughs> is like... into an animal okay, companion. She's, she's like a little dog, so I'm curious, if Citra was a dog, what kind of dog would she be? Okay. I just imagine a very happy corgi, but anyway. <laughs> oh, I love that, yes. <laughs> no, I mean, she's, she's not chonky. Oh, 
Yeah, yeah she's not true. a chunkers though. She's like a graceful, she, she one of those graceful dogs with like all the fur, all the fur so, that's long like a and greyhound. blows in the wind. A greyhound would work for the area. Yeah. She's jackal-like. Um, <laughs> Masika will take last watch so she can get her spells early so she can boop Sudi freaking immediately. Okay. <laughs> and maybe the Moftek can take some watches? Yeah. That's what I was saying, is they can take whatever two watches you don't want to take. They can take middle the middle the two. Yeah. Again, Lagash is better. He'll have an armor. You're not sure if he was this weird before. I hope well, so. Well, you know. But to be fair, he might have always been a little sensitive. Does Rahi seem like he's acting different than he used to, or is she just happy that somebody freaking survived? Rahi seems to be almost a big sister, mm-hmm. or at the very least fulfilling that role right now, and that she's checking on him periodically, making sure you know he eats, encouraging him to eat more, things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I suppose, uh, the exception of Hollis and Sarathet, all of you begin to settle in for the night. Sarathet stares into the fire nodding and kind of waving in that awkward like, yeah, good night. Sorry again about trying to kill you less than 12 hours ago. <laughs> Once everybody's kind of, I guess, moseyed, Hollis looks at Sarathet and says, so, uh, what happened? She looks into the fire, gestures towards a rock on the opposite side of the campfire, as in offering you to sit down. Oh, well, yeah, In that this is probably going to be a long story kind I'm of I'm definitely going to sit down, because, like, why would I stand <laughs> up when I could sit down? <laughs> I became... careless. That's not like you? No. You've been with me on a number of digs. Mm-hmm. We'd found things that have changed the perception of ancient Osiriani. Our expeditions weren't producing enough results. Mm. The church didn't view our historical discoveries as being of the same value as our magical discoveries and our last few expeditions had found very few things of great magical value. Right. I'd been researching something new, something closer to home, something that I could jab in the eye of those bloated old men sitting there in their fat armchairs deciding whether or not to approve our expeditions. There was a secret chamber in the spire of Asgahad beneath it. Hollis nods. For the edification of our listeners, because of course Hollis would automatically know this, Asgahad's spire is located in the center, as in the very center of the Grand Temple of Nethys in Sothis. Uh, the Temple of Nethys is actually built in concentric rings around Asgahad's spire. Asgahad's spire was constructed following the death of the first pharaoh of Osirian, Ashad who worked directly with Nethys to defeat. Well, it gets really confusing as far as that historical thing is. It's either he mm. gained his power directly from Nethys, or he was channeling Nethys's power, or Nethys fought side by side with him to defeat Ulnoth the Festering, one of the spawn of Rovagug. And some theories, Ozhad and Nethys are one and the same. Mm. 
it depends on whom you ask. And of course, it's so ancient and so convoluted now that even powerful magic-like legend lore just gives you the legends pertaining towards it. But yes, it's located in the center of the Temple of the All-Seeing Eye. I wanted to confirm it myself. I didn't tell you. I didn't tell Merit Hetef. I descended into the rooms below the spire. I moved slowly. I checked for forgotten traps and wards. Mm -hmm. I examined the items thoroughly before disturbing them. And as I progressed without incident, it seemed as if the wards, the protections, everything had just worn down over the intervening millennia. Hmm. I grew bolder and I felt to take every precaution I could. I entered into a room that had been sealed off for millennia. As I did so, I saw that there was a single pedestal. Upon that pedestal was a canopic jar. Mm. No markings, not even a, a head or design on its stopper to mark what organ it should contain. I looked at it, and as I attempted to determine its magic, I found that it was overwhelmingly powerful. Then as I stepped up to it, it was like I wasn't thinking. Mm -hmm. My hand reached out almost on its own. I picked up the jar and I smashed it. Hmm. And from the ruins and the dust of it arose a light and <sighs> my consciousness was gone. And this is the first time it's felt clear since then. Have you ever... Have you ever had a head cold? Oh, yeah, I'm an elf. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen my sinuses? They're huge. <laughs> we get sick all the time. Have you heard of our constitution scores? <laughs> <laughs> and there's this haziness, this floating. I, I can remember everything that transpired. Everything. As his ib, his emotions and thoughts and will and intent flowed into me, in that instant, I became, I became we. Not myself, not Hakatep, as I would eventually learn, as we would eventually learn his name was. Ah. We're just a confused amalgam. My memories and knowledge, his thoughts and will and desire. Mm. We weren't clear on what to do or why, but we knew he knew he was broken. He knew he needed to find the mask and reunite the shattered fragments of his soul so that he could return to life. I knew that he needed to do that. And there was a part of me that knew that when that was done, I would be free. Right. She looks down at the fire. Hollis puts a hand on her shoulder. She smiles, places her hand over yours, squeezes it. But that knowledge was overlaid with confusing memories, misguided motivations. I thought to speak with you. I was out paying the, the team. And so instead I spoke with Merit Hetef. I guess that's a 
lesson of some sort. I'm not sure. I think when I appeared before her, I spoke of the returning glory of the Sky Pharaoh, and I said that I would need an army of force. A dedicated cult to bring about my return, and I think in that moment, Merit Hetef realized there was an opportunity. She never had your scruples. Sounds like her. I got to speak with her. Um, I don't know if you know her fate. I know that she was killed attempting to retrieve the mask. Mm-hmm. Under my orders. Well, she was killed by the people I travel with, but, you know, at that point, I think she kind of had it coming. Uh, Masika was not there for that. Oh, well, <laughs> not Masika. Say, okay, I, don't, I don't remember who actually struck her down. I don't either. But uh, I spoke with her recently. I I picked up this really cool ritual. We'll have to talk about it more later, you know, after your story's over. But uh, I think she might have come to her senses in death, I I suppose, and was at least happy to hear that that I was coming to to try to free you. So as as much solace as Merit Hetef could have ever provided, you know. Sarathet nods. Again, while my... While everything was hazy, I still remembered my friendship. I think he knew, or we knew, that you wouldn't go along with us. And so we left. I journeyed to the south. Merit Hetef had old contacts with gangs in the south from her childhood. Mm-hmm, a silver chain. I went and found them. Their leader refused to work with me, so I destroyed him. Hmm. There was a young man there, skilled, capable. Kabek was one <laughs> name that he gave. Was the name I think that you knew him as. Yep. I placed him in charge of researching and attempting to find the location of Chisisek's tomb. Hmm. I spent two years digging through the libraries of Tefu to find what little I could. Unfortunately, during that time, I suppose fortunately, my activity steadily drew the attention of the Church of Nethys. Yeah. I was a force to abandon the pursuit and instead turned my steadily growing cult to combing the desert and she glances off towards Masika's tent, killing and enslaving all those who opposed me. Us. Him. It's all confusing. I'm pretty sure it was him and less you. She nervously shuffles her feet, but continues. Eventually, eventually we found a breakthrough. The exact details, I don't know. I woke up one day and I felt it this burning fire, and as I looked out over the desert, I could almost see the fire of concentrated spiritual energy burning. Wati. I knew the mask had been found, had been awoken. I contacted Merit Hetef and dispatched her immediately. I understand that that's where your friends stopped her. Yeah. She glances back in the direction. Again, she's been trying her best to be as far away from the mask as possible. But glances back in the direction of, I imagine, it's Citra's tent? Citra's bag, yeah. It has been shoved in there, and she is, like, hugging it because she doesn't <laughs> want anyone else to Yes, yeah, so it's a whole it. thing. I mean, on the plus side, uh, 
her perception's wisdom base, so she can still perceive very well. <laughs> Hollis is like, should I try to take the mask? No, she'd probably kill me. The rest you know. Mm. Kabek informed me whenever you arrived in Tefu, wearing the mask. <laughs> I instructed him to stay with you, to find out where Chisisek's tomb was. I had hoped to kill two birds with one stone. You would bring me the mask, and with it I could find the ip. We would be separated. She glances back down towards the fire again. I was promised the Temple of Nethus. Which one? The Temple of Nethus. Ah, of course, sure. He made such grand promises. I think he meant to honor them. But what's the temple without your connection? I, I don't hear him anymore. Hmm. When I realized what was going on, I called to Nethus. You know how long I've been in the church. Mm-hmm. She looks down. You know Sarathet, her and her parents growing up in Sothis. How intelligent and gifted Sarathet was from a young age. The fact that her parents saved and skimmed in order to send her to school in the city run by the priesthood. Send her basically to seminary. Mm-hmm. Until when she was 17, her mother died of a wasting disease and her father uh, spent all the family savings on an extraordinarily elaborate funeral for his deceased wife mm. uh, leaving Sarathet without any funds for her final year of seminary uh, which is actually what caused her to become an archaeologist to begin with as she then took on an internship uh, okay. where she, instead of learning in the classroom she would get, they would pay her tuition by serving on the archaeological dig for the Church of Nethys mm-hmm. of which then just kind of inspired the course of her life from there forward but of course, you always knew her faith to be solid. Yeah. I called on Nethus, and I felt his power come to me, and it crushed it. Oh. Like a torch in a tsunami. Hmm. I could do nothing to overcome his power. His magic eclipsed mine, eclipsed my divine power in every single conceivable way. Whoa. I'll tell you now, because I am afraid for you. I was only tapping into the barest of his power. Only what my body could survive channeling. If you are going to face him without the constraint of a living body, his power will be unspeakable. Well, at this point, I feel like somebody's got to. Do you know how he was split in the first place? Because we did figure that out. I have some idea. He perhaps had some idea. Sometimes it wasn't memories, but sometimes we would have dreams. There was a name that came to him, Nahamra. Uh, Nahamra used to be the uh, head of the Church of Nethus. And so Nethus is a little bit involved in some of this, for better or for worse. The emotions were mixed. Hmm. Sometimes it was the name would come to me with rage. Hmm. Sometimes the memories would come back and it was like a kindly grandfather. Maybe even just a father. Yeah, Nahamra seemed to have been a... Uh, a mentor to him throughout his life and then we don't know what happened exactly but he split his soul in trying to speak with him and then buried the pieces across temples of Nethus which is why there was one in the spire and there was one in the necropolis in Wati and one in his tomb mm-hmm. wherever that happens to be flying around we need to figure out what happened mm-hmm. his spirits left me but it it will find another host. It probably already has. I don't know what the power of the two fragments interacting would have caused. I don't either. Your friend, perhaps, or maybe... She nervously glances towards the tent. Maybe 
the mask can tell you. Well, Suri might know um, once we can get him sensical again. And if not, I guess we'll wrestle <laughs> uh, wrestle Citra down and, and put the mask on, but I know that would make her very unhappy. If we can return back to Sothis once you've resolved what you need to, mm-hmm. to the Temple of the All-Seeing Eye, I will speak to Nefreti. You know that Nefreti is the High Priestess of Nethus in the not just for the Temple of the All-Seeing Eye, she is honestly believed to be possibly one of the most powerful living spellcasters in the entirety of the Inner Sea. Perfect, okay. Primarily divine, although she's actually a mystic theurge, and I believe maybe right. ninth level caster for both. Oh, Dang. she's rad. Do you know anything about the Order of the Peacock? Is that the no. Sacrosanct Order of the Blue Feather? <laughs> the Sacrosanct Order of the Blue Feather? Yeah, because if you're talking Order of the Peacock, you're talking Ancient Thessalonian. Nope, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> which we're not in the right <laughs> continent for. Let me rephrase that. Do you know anything about the Sacrosanct Order of the Blue Feather? I don't. Hmm. Specifically. But I know that they opposed me. So, well, that, sorry. That they opposed us. Well, that makes Pharaoh. sense. That was their whole a subsect of Nethus. So. But the Hatia and yep. Tefu who... I really love, but we really, we're on the wrong foot. Uh, maybe I'll make amends. I got a long time. She was a member, and she said that there would be there would be some of them who tried to stop us, and some of them who were at least not going to stand in the way. So I was wondering if you had come across them at all. Specifically, no, but there have been many that have opposed. Mm. Many that opposed the Forgotten Pharaoh. Mm. Well. Unfortunately, most of those were killed. Well. I imagine, and of course it's up to Heather whether or not this is the case, but I almost imagine Masika laying up in her tent since this conversation's going on like 10 feet away from her listening to this whole... Oh, I'm sure she's awake and listening. Narber is certainly awake and listening. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> Narber's been resisting the urge to put his two cents in this whole time. Well, considering that this woman and her cult are responsible for the death of Masika's father. Yep. If we can get back and I can speak to Nefriti, maybe... Maybe I can see about an atonement. Maybe I can find what I'm missing. If anybody can figure that out, I think it's her. I hate to bring this up, but my suspicious mind thinks that you should (coughs) sense motive. All right, fine. I'll sense motive. Just to make sure she's on the up and up, you know? I want to believe her. I roll a six for an 18. (laughs) In large part, just because she's not even trying to hide it. You get the feeling that she is thrilled to see you again. Mm. You get the feeling that she's probably overwhelmed by what you have done to rescue her. Mm. The sideways glances that you constantly see towards Citra's tent, you get the feeling that she cannot wait to be as far as physically possible from another fragment of Hakatep. The very fact that she's within a 20-foot perimeter of another piece of him literally terrifies her to her core. Hollis takes off the holy symbol she's been wearing this whole time and hands it over to her and says, you know, you know, maybe maybe this can help. I don't need it to cast spells. Uh, Thank you. Mm-hmm. She holds it but doesn't put it on, just tracing her fingers over the over the left and right portions. And now, hey, now we're even. You saved my life. I saved your life. <laughs> Everything's great. It feels like this uh, took a little bit more effort than mine. Mm, I mean, when you're, uh, I don't know, when you have good friends, it's worth the effort. 
you can have cheap breaches up. Again, the animated golden snake on her arm curls off whenever she just reaches up towards it. Basically, like, the moment she takes off the first thing and then looks down at all the rest of this, she just begins to just take off, like, pulling off these rings and dropping them in the sand, removing all of this, you guess, almost, since none of this you recognize as hers, all of this stolen magic. Mm. Uh, I mean, I've got to change of clothes if you... I mean, they're my clothes, so you'd be dressing like me a little bit, but if you want to change. Something a bit more comfortable, and she shivers a little bit warmer than this, at the very least, for the Hollis night. pulls out kind of her extra traveler's outfit type thing and, and hands it over. She nods. I imagine the two of you sitting quiet for a while. Well, Hollis does some, some looking at all these magic items. Sugar climbs out of her satchel, makes her way over, clucks and settles onto Sarathet's lap. Very good. Hollis, I imagine you sit, sit down and begin to uh, identify some of these items. As non... As, as nicely as I can. I'm sure at one point you look over, it probably breaks your heart some, but you mm. look over, you see Sarathet, when she thinks you're not looking, you rub her hand over the holy symbol, whisper Aww. a prayer with a soft gesture. It's so sad. And nothing happens. You just hear a... <laughs> And she turns her back to the fire and looks off into the desert. Hollis is very sad. Uh, you do find the following magical items. Gosh, losing your magic by being squished out of you is like Hollis's nightmare. That's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm sure for Hollis it makes a degree of sense where the entire idea of the Church of Nethys is, you know, magic is all powerful and everything else. And the fact that, nope, she brought her magic up. She basically tried to bring a squirt bottle up against the fire hose of magic that is Hockatep's spirit. Mm -hmm. And it was just immediately drowned out and that just crushing defeat, just breaking your will. Yeah. Well, because I think back when she left, we were, what, ninth or eighth or, eighth or ninth level? Yeah, like, I mean, she, she was powerful enough to cast, you know, something like, a, oh, crap, this is going to, you know, she might have been possibly powerful enough to cut, cast a break enchantment, but that's going to do nothing against artifact level possession. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, crap, break enchantment. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, no, that's gone. Wild. You do, however, find the following. Uh, what do you get taking 10 on a spellcraft? I think it's something ridiculous. Uh, 32. 32. Dang. Are we up to uh, not needing to ask that question anymore? I think we're getting close. Now, 35 is when you wouldn't ever have to ask that question again, <laughs> because that would work for anything. So Three more levels. You find the following. Uh, there is a single potion of Cure Serious Wounds left, since she drank the other one after the fight. Oh, that's helpful. A wand of haste. There are 20 charges remaining. Ooh. <laughs> I'll take that. Thank Fancy. you. Uh, she has no problem handing this over once you guys get back to Sothis, so feel free to go ahead and write it down, although she'll hold okay. on to it in the meantime. She does have a plus one quarter staff, just in case she needs to defend herself. Sure. Not that she's wearing any armor, period, nor is she capable of casting mage armor because she is no longer the Sky Pharaoh. We have extra armor we can put on her. Sure. The armband is the armband of the Golden Serpent, mm. which, by the way, is amazing. What does it do? Uh, and I expect, the, I expect the debate between Hollis and Masika to ensue. Uh-oh. So first off, this takes up a wrist slot, so you do have to have an open wrist slot. Okay. Despite the fact that it's an armband, but apparently it just takes up that arm area. Mm-hmm. Our heavy golden coils form the serpentine armband. It wraps snugly around the upper arm of the wearer and stays firmly in place, dawned. An armband of the golden serpent allows its wearer to cast spells with the range of touch in melee without provoking attacks of opportunity. Spells with ranges other than touch provoke attack of opportunity as normal, even spells with a range of personal 
When the wearer of an armband of the Golden Serpent casts a touch spell in melee combat, the armband animates, slithering down the wearer's arm and striking to deliver the touch attack. Aww. Although the armband delivers the spell, the wearer is still required to make the necessary actions and make the required attack rolls. The wearer does not gain any additional actions. That's pretty handy for healing. So basically it means harm. Haha. Slay living. Haha. <laughs> yep. Masika doesn't have anything in her arm slot. I don't know. Does Hollis wear bracers of armor? Mm, no. So, yeah. But also, I don't really cast a lot of touch spells. Yeah, I was going to say, Hollis is usually Ray attacking people from a good distance off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so how much is that worth? Uh, it is worth, it's actually surprisingly only 20,000. Which, considering the utility of that yeah, item, yeah, surprises me. Yeah, that's actually me. not bad. Uh, yeah, Masiko will take that if Hollis doesn't want it. Yep, that makes sense, because I don't really... Okay. Cool snake motif. The snake is cool, but... Eh. So Masika's got the snake motif, Citra's got the scorpion motif. There you go. Uh, Sudi's a cat. Got the cat motif. So... <laughs> Hollis has cowboy motif, which is a very weird... Well, now she's wearing cowboy dressing on this weird silken ship sure. thing. You also find... I'm sure Sudi's probably going to be the one to push for this. Ooh. A belt of physical might plus six for strength and constitution. <laughs> Holy cow, I need that. Yeah, you need that more than me. <laughs> <laughs> That'll bring uh, Sarathet's strength back down to an eight from its current 14, <laughs> which was her <laughs> normal strength. Holy cow. Okay, hang on. So uh, I'd be trading out a belt of physical might plus two for strength and con, if anybody wants that instead. I think you guys have a ton of those because I think you've fought a bunch of cultists with them. I have a belt of dex plus two, so I'm yeah. So with Citra that. has a dex plus con one. Um, I just had one that was strength plus con, but whatever. I have it is, a belt it's con. of dex, so I just like so. dex. So if it's dex, yeah. I would take it. But okay. Masika has a belt of strength and dex, so. But holy cow, I need that. Uh, cloak of resistance plus two. Yeah, I already have one. Mm-hmm. I do as well. Her falcon crown. Ooh. Falcon crown. The This metal headdress is shaped like a falcon's head and enameled in bright colors, originally crafted for a wizard dedicated to Horus as a reward from his pharaoh for his prowess on the battlefield. The falcon crown was believed lost when the wizard was struck down by an ancient blue dragon. Ooh. Centuries later, however, archaeologists discovered the falcon crown amongst the ruins of Tumen. Research priests of Nethys acquired the crown shortly thereafter, and when the Nethian priest Serethet became the forgotten pharaoh, she claimed the falcon crown for herself. <laughs> uh, the wearer of the falcon crown gains a plus two insight bonus to their armor class. Oh. I need this. So for starters, in addition, up to three times per day as an immediate action, the wearer of the falcon crown can sacrifice a prepared spell or unused spell slot of first level or higher and transform it into a damaging ray, targeting any foe within 30 feet as a ranged touch attack. This ray deals 1d4 points of damage for every level of the spell slot sacrificed. A non-spellcaster cannot create rays with the falcon crown, but can still gain the AC bonus. AC bonus, you say? Huh. So, yeah, that's that's basically what she was doing with the whole, like, oh, your spellcasting immediate action blast you with however many D4 of uh, whatever spell slot I want to lose. Yeah, it's a problem because Hollis likes her hat a whole lot. Well, wear, yeah. the, wear it and then just put the hat on top of it. <laughs> How much is the crown worth? Uh, it is worth 42000 Nope, Hollis does not want it. JK. It's a little too rich for Hollis. Hollis wants to buy all the spells. Is Masika tempted by it? That's the question. No, I have a headband of wisdom. Uh, It doesn't take up the headband slot is separate from the head slot. Mm. Head slot's your your hat slot. slot. Yeah, but I already took the 20k other item. (laughs) I guess you'll have to figure out how much you have left over. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was like, I can calculate it and let you guys know how much you got. Because uh, you also took that my Mythopic Sphinx thing Sphinx, that's 13k. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You guys have found a lot of treasure. We've got a lot of gold. Depending on how much, because... Ta is her primary one. She does worship the entire Pantheon, and it'd also be useful for Masika because it's a um, while it doesn't do a lot of damage. Yeah. It is an untyped thing that you can just go. Well, I don't think I'm going to need break enchantment today, so I guess I'll just blast you as an immediate action for 44 points of damage. It's a real few to spellcasters, exactly. <laughs> oh. Fine. What the hell? Take it. Who needs this ridiculous now? <laughs> I was like, somebody should take that because that's real good. You also receive a ring of energy shroud fire. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Uh, the ring of energy shroud is uh, always appears to be glass or crystal in construction, tinted in red, green, blue, or yellow hue. In this case, red. Uh, closer respect or inspection reveals a small band of metal within the glass or crystal. Uh, it tends to be treasured by frontline fighters and anyone with a trusted evoker ally. Rings of Energy Shroud <laughs> normally function as a minor ring of energy resistance. So, however, once per day as an immediate action, the wearer's ring can negate the damage of an incoming fire spell affecting him, but not any other creatures affected by the spell or effect, transforming that damage into a shroud of energy that wreathes the wearer's body, acting as if under the effects of elemental aura. The elemental aura effect has the same energy type as the damage negated. What is my ring slots situation? I've already got two rings, so... Masika's not on the front line. Well, Masika is on the front line, but I I, I have taken a lot of other things. I, don't I have two that. rings already. Citra, what's your ring situation like? I have a ring of featherfall and a ring of protection. Those are kind of necessary. I, I don't know. I haven't really used the ring of featherfall. Well, and if featherfall, if you fall off this flying pyramid, you're kind of... Yeah, the first 60 feet is not going to help you from hitting terminal velocity, so. So, I mean, I'd be down. The ring is worth 19,500 gold. Wowzers. Hulls is like, I kind of get that for free, so. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, quick back of the hand calculation. She's got over 100k of stuff. Yeah, well. You're expecting less. The Pharaoh, dude. Wow, that's a lot (laughs) of stuff, There was no treasure there. So, uh, Citra, are you taking that? I think so. Okay. Cool. In addition to this, uh, she also drops 200 gold worth of jewelry. Hmm. <laughs> Is there anything with a scorpion motif? Uh, no, it's mostly just like gold rings, all the rest of that. Surprising lack of pectoral. A bag containing 500 gold worth of diamond dust. Oh, put that in the med kit. Yep. And she didn't pick it back up, although you guys easily could have. Whenever she took off the mask oh, earlier, well, yeah. that mask was uh, a 500 gold uh, golden funerary mask. Nice. Cool. That's a lot of stuff. But I suppose you will rest up for the evening. Awaken the following day. Okay. Masika reaches her hand into the bag of holding, grips Sudi the second, and the second she feels fur blasts off a heel. Just fur heel. <laughs> Would you like to make a will save, Sudi? No. <laughs> okay. You get 120 hit points back and you're no longer not. insane. <laughs> no, just, I don't want to resist. Say, you have the option. I'm, that's all I'm telling you. I choose not to resist. And how much <laughs> hit points do I get back? 120. 120, <laughs> baby. I will make a. I will prepare a break enchantment for Citra. Okay. Just uh, because I do know that this is a debate, I'm fine with break enchantment working on people mind. I know that is a long-standing debate. Don't get angry with me, JB. But, uh... 
He finally decides to write into it just to be like, you finally got a rule wrong that's bad enough for me to write in. <laughs> <laughs> this is a debate of raw versus rules as interpreted or intended, depending upon what you like to interpret that I as. So in this case, I, I do know both sides of the debate, but um, it gets really pedantic. Mm. Uh, and so I'm, I'm perfectly willing to say that break enchantment uh, will work because it is a spell of fifth level. So I'm going to cast that. I think I have to roll something. It's a DC. Um, it's You roll a 1d20 plus your caster level to a maximum of plus 15 against a DC of 11 plus the caster level of the effect. But yes, I rolled a 17 on the die for this. So 17 plus 12 is 29. Well, let me take care of one of these at a time because... <laughs> So which of you regains Hollis studies for only 15 minutes. So, yep, it's me. Yeah. So Hollis, you study in the morning, do your whole thing. You know, go off towards the side, like stick your head in the tent. Don't see Citra in there. Probably immediately like pop up and begin looking around before you find that Citra and Narmer are actually behind the tent. Oh, God. <laughs> Narmer getting ready to do his, you know, morning pratfalls and everything else. You can see that there are dozens of tally marks covering the ground as he sits there with Citra playing Senate. Mm. Hey, Hollish. <laughs> I've won 52 times in a row. That is, <laughs> that is rude. That is you know so you're taking advantage mean. of her. Dude, that is so on brand, though. I'm helping her come back to her shelf. You know how much she loves Senate. <laughs> Hollis, like, gives him, like, a deadpan kind of a look. All right, well, whatever. Uh, I'm going to see if I can help Citra out. So I'm just going to... Okay. Let's do it. Start spellcasting, because I can't explain anything to her. And then poke her on the nose. Beep. Hollis, you chant and tone. Uh, it isn't a simple chant and tone and poke. It's actually like a minute-long casting. Uh, if you want to be paranoid, you can also use it on anyone else that's within 30 feet in case you're worried about someone else being secretly enchanted. I Everyone in the area feels <laughs> a magical Just dude. in case. Feel this wave wash over you. Citra, you snap to yourself. Oh, uh, you do have full memory of everything that's been going on. Although, again, oh, you didn't God. understand what has been happening this time. Like, you don't understand the words that have been being spoken this entire time, but you do know what events have been transpiring. Uh, I have a headache. Oh, oh she my can talk God. again. I uh, know. Oh, thank Cyrus. God. But we're out of the Sphinx? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, we're never to return again. We're not supposed to talk about it, etc., etc. Right. Okay. Would you like to play a game of Shin? Oh, wait, no, I gotta go and give magical powers to Mashika so we can get Shooty back, too. Yes, and I know what you were doing. She <laughs> kind of narrows her gaze, but then smirks at him. <laughs> I would just like to point out that I was trying to justify and aid another action on that spell casting thing to overcome the, the effects of the spell. <laughs> oh, sure, that's not how magic works. flies <laughs> <laughs> off. <laughs> Uh, then Vlas uh, radiates Masika with a whole bunch of magical energy. She reaches into the bag, places a hand on The Sudi. second she feels Sudi's fur blast. Sudi, you wake up feeling amazing. Considering like all that magical healing, one, I think brought you pretty close to full. Uh, I'm still short 17. You still hurt a little bit, but again, like you don't even have like the sores or anything. I imagine they probably tied you up. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, they tied you up and they put you in the bag. I mean, I brought it yeah. up several times, but uh, that was just me. I don't know what Hollis <laughs> and Masika chose to do. I'm imagining we probably tied him up before we threw him in the bag. 
Yeah, so, sure. Suda, you stare like almost almost as if from the bottom of a well as you still stare up out of this uh, this circle of light over your head, of which Masika is leaning down through. Narmer smiling down at you. Did we win? You can't come out up? of because you were insane. Sudi is also aware of uh, six out of every 24 seconds that happened <laughs> on average during his insanity. So you do have flashes of, oh, I, I vaguely remember being in the teleportation room for some reason and then hitting myself over and over and over again. I was again. in a very dark place. For a moment, uh, I remember looking up and seeing this horrifying, bizarre face sphinx staring down at me and cackling gleefully to itself. But... Masika offers a bag. hand <laughs> to help Sudi climb out of the bag. Sudi He's gives his up. hands to be untied so he can <laughs> go. Get I'll help you, Sudi. Narmer then goes Thank down you, there Narmer. and ties him. Absolutely. I was trying to help you this entire time. Why do you say that like you weren't always? And you're trying to hide it. I, generally speaking, I am. I took, I uh, unthreaded some of Shitra's rope, like the individual different portions of her rope. And he digs around in his chest cavity and pulls out this, uh, like, rock necklace. I made this to infuse you with more rock power. Sudi oh, will take it. Friendship necklace. <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah, it's very nice of you. Sudi will put it on like over his like pectoral. <laughs> yeah. It's got five rocks, and on one side it says Narmer, and on the other side it says Shooty. But since there's only four letters, I put a heart in the center. <laughs> So it says Sue D. So it says Sue Sue Hart D. Nice. Anyway, so that way, if you ever get confused again, you can just look down and remember. Yes, but then (laughs) wouldn't he think maybe his name is Narmer? Well, it's only if it gets flipped around, which would be funny. (laughs) (laughs) All right, regardless, we need to assemble everyone together because I, I learned something right before... I bashed myself unconscious and nearly oh, killed okay. half the party. Yeah, your kicks hurt. Yes, they do. I'm very proud of that. Oh, you want to put your hat back on? Yeah. Oh, ah. You like feel <laughs> around Citra his head. Even in her cer- her feeble-minded state, Citro thought that she should sit on and guard the mask. I stand by that decision. That was a great decision, Citra. We're going to have to use it to talk to Chisisek, though. The spell I tried failed. You know, I thought it was worth a shot. I suppose uh, you settle down around the uh, the now extinguished campfire with uh, the four of you, Narmer, Sugar, Serethet, Rahi, and Lagash. And the, the snake. Safa. Yes, Safa. and Safa. There yes, there's there's so many people. Masika has two familiars right now. You have a menagerie of animals. I thought you were going to say you have two snakes because you have I the do. animated I snake on one, one arm I and then you've a, got the other snake. Yeah, I've got a real a living snake on one wrist and then a gold snake on the other arm. That's I suppose pretty you guys cool. introduce her to <laughs> Safa. Oh, we give Sudi a belt. Oh, yeah, and it's like, oh, by the way, she she doesn't want this anymore and it's this giant belt with this huge belt buckle. <laughs> I assume that... Uh, uh, Citra does go over to Rahi. He doesn't really say anything, but just kind of puts a hand on her arm and kind of gives her a like a knowing look, like an "I'm sorry." We had to do what we had to do. She nods, somewhat stoically. All right, now then, Sarathet, nice to meet you. I'm Sudi. Um, Haven't had a chance. Sorry for. She kind of gestures up to the head and makes a little. Eh, it's all fine as long as he's fixable. It's fine. Um, I understand what it means to be a little scrambled. Right. So, when we freed you from Hakotep, 
and the heart. I saw the heart leave uh, and kind of go into the sky. And it was like I was following the heart. And I saw it fly through this desert, up into the sky, into the flying pyramid. Oh. And then into the sarcophagus of Hakotep. The mask did do something weird right after Zarethet almost died. Yes. So I was able to see that the body of Hakotep seems to have joined with the heart. All right, I need you to explain every detail of all the geographical markers you saw so that we could perhaps figure out where the heck it is. There was a lot of sand, a lot of clouds, and a flying pyramid. I have no idea. Well, that's why we need to talk to Chisisek. It sat upon the clouds themselves, Mm. like above them, which I didn't even know was a thing. There's apparently top two clouds. Oh, okay. But there was another moment where the... A voice spoke to me through the mask. That's new, isn't it? Uh, it's I don't like new, that at all. It, was, it wants me to, of course, go and join with it. So, I, you know, two guesses who you think it's going to be. Did it want you to join with it? Sorry, did it want you to join with it? That is what it said to me, yes. Oh, I, I actually don't said, recall no. what you're talking about either. I thought it uh, said, like, it, remember who you are or something. Or do you have more to join do? Me. It said, come join me. I don't, so. I don't remember that. Something like I that. I do remember something. I remember a voice talking to you, but I thought it was like your grandfather. No, it was an older voice spoke to you. Yeah. Come to yourself, remember. Oh, okay. I thought it was like your costume. Oh, okay. Or like the mask was telling you, hey, you're insane. Try to remember who you are type moment. It's having a Mufasa remember yeah. who you are. Yeah. Um, well, okay. I thought it was Hakatep talking to me. Not going to lie, because nothing's ever talked to my brain before, so. Well, the mask has also never talked to you. Yeah, the mask doesn't talk. But, you know, your ancestor, you're wearing your grandfather's costume. We've met him before. It It made sense to me that it would be your grandfather, like, reaching out to you from beyond the veil to try to help you. Mystical stuff. All right, well. Anyway, it means that the body of Hakotep is alive and probably moving. No, Certainly not alive, but moving. That means that the Ba and Ib are combined. Right. Uh, Sarathet will take out the time to basically explain everything except for the emotional portions of what she explained to Hollis the night before. So basically the factual portion of that conversation. Yeah. Well. Um, Including the fact that if it is his magical power no longer limited by her mere mortal body, Mm -hmm. then now he will be at full strength again. We need to get back to the catfolk and get Nima. And then we need to make sure that Rahi and Lagash get home okay. And then we need to take Chisisek back to Tedasura and speak to him. And then we and, need to go to Sothis. Well, and we need to go to Sothis, but we also need to meet back up with Falto and get Nima back to the tribe. And the best I mean, place probably to do that. not entirely positive where Falto is any longer because you know yeah. that Falto left with the Pathfinders. We should send him a need- message. Yeah, I'll, and then the best place to meet everyone back up again and for Nima to be safe would be at the Merchant's Oasis. And I guess from there we could teleport to Sothis. I mean, this sounds reasonable. We do have a lot of uh, loose ends to tie up. We should hurry. Yes, if the body of Hakotep is animated and has all of its spellcasting abilities, it's going to be, well, it's going to be very, very dangerous. And mm-hmm. Sudi's going to need at least a day to reattune to the mask, so there's no point in trying to talk to Chisisek here. So I oh, guess we, we have should... it with us now. We can talk to the body anytime we want. Mm-hmm. After 24 hours of attuning uh, yeah. the mask, yeah. yeah, since you took it off. Let's uh, let's haul butt. 
Hollis casts her weirdo phantom chariot spell. And Masika will <laughs> cast nature's path, so it's like we're on a road. Okay. So you all set off. Fortunately, it only takes a couple of hours for you to make your way across the blistering sand back to the the red striated valley in which the catfolk reside. Upon returning back here, the catfolk come out to greet all of you once again. Uh, with a certain degree, you know, the first time it was a warily, you know, greeting strangers. Uh, now there's a general like, hey, yeah, you've returned. Oh, look, it's Sudi again. We like him. He told us all sorts of cool stories. Oh, you found some random woman. That's probably not the forgotten pharaoh. Certainly I'm not. sure you don't elaborate. <laughs> if they only knew. Nima comes out to uh, join all the rest of you, and I'm sure there's a, a moment where this you know, snake launches itself <laughs> off of Masika's arm, sidewinds over towards, apparently sidewinding snakes, by the way, uh, also known as horned rattlesnakes, Aww. have a speed of 18 miles per hour. Holy so, cow! Yeah, it's Seriously? fast. It's wow. like, that is a crazy fast snake. Uh, anyway, she beams, reaches down, the snake slides up her arm, holds it up to her face, touch foreheads together before the snake's little forked tongue licks out and kisses her nose. Aww. It's so cute. Beams over at Masika. I'm sure there's a general uproar of happiness from everyone here. Yep. The moth head mm. hang out in the background. Yeah. I guess Nima awkward. joins our caravan and we make our way towards the rest, spend the rest of the day traveling towards the moth head. More importantly, are we taking that yes. giant whatever yes, with us? Yes, we are. Oh, boy. We are. All right. Pilot the next up suit. On the, and... Loaded up on Hollis's carriage. Is there space <laughs> on my carriage? I guess so. <laughs> Uh, yeah. It's a so. chariot. What, what type of bag of holding do you have? Type yeah. two. Will it fit in the bag of holding? That's yeah. Oh, it's just a sec. That's fun. That bag of holding was is barely containing Chisisek. Honestly, it probably should not have been able to contain Chisisek and Sudi. Well. Yeah, we've gone too far. All right. Load that up on the chariot. We have extra. We have the camels. Masika's riding her camel anyway, so. But I'm sure you give Nima the general heads up about what's going on. Yeah. They would, of course, invite all of you to stay there for the evening. Nope, no time. Nope, it's still mid morning. We don't, we don't have time, time to go. Peace. <laughs> spell, spell durations awaiting. <laughs> See you yeah. later. Carval comes out and waves at all of you. We wave back. I'm glad you didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> Gives you a thumbs up. Yes, I definitely return the thumbs up for mm -hmm. sure. He just turns to the nearest cat folk. I give it another week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, off you go back in the desert. I suppose you travel for the rest of that day, rest for that evening. You know, now Nima and uh, Masika can kind of catch up a little bit. Yeah, Masika kind of tells her everything. Nima has her spells back, so she can also provide any additional magical assistance, although I think you guys are pretty good off yeah. at this point. Oh, and Masika would have sent a sending spell to Falto and be like, hey, we're heading back, you know, hey, we're okay. We're going we'll to be back oasis. at the merchant's oasis in, what, about a week, probably, give or take? Where are you? Okay, you might be over 25 words by this point. <laughs> All right. Falto, we are going back to the Merchant's Oasis. Where are you? Citra says hi. I like that you used one of the words to say his name. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like, that's a waste of a word. Well, Masika's yeah. polite. He's kind of like a puppy. You have to say his name to get his attention. <laughs> that's true. He replies back. Hey. I'm out with the Pathfinders on the trail of my father. They're surprisingly nice. We hope to reach him soon. Made coal rubbings for... 
You know, Masika, Masika reiterates this. Every time. Why does he do that every time? The, Spend one day funny... preparing nothing but sending and just send him a bunch of messages. <laughs> the real funny thing is I counted out the 25 words and then said, you know, he'd probably say, hey, especially because you called him by name. <laughs> like, it'd be kind of rude if I just launched into a reply. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that cut off my last word. I guess I'll contact <laughs> him again I'm sure. in a few days to check on the status. <sighs> well, at least he's alive. Yes, thankfully. All right. And pathfinders are fine if, you know, I'm assuming dodgy. the rubbings are for you. You're the archaeologist. Or for you, the painter. Maybe for both. Maybe they're from Masika because they've got a fish on them. <laughs> I found them talking about this Narmer guy. Yeah. I just thought you'd be interested. Little did you know, he's, he's a, a quite ancient being. So I assume all of you rest again for that evening. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. You rest up. Sudi, your rest isn't particularly. It's not necessarily that it's bad. It's just that there's this constant but almost imperceptible pull. As if, again, as if somehow the mask can sense that the other two pieces are together. It's not enough for you to get a direction or sense. Just enough to feel a very faint exertion. Hmm. It's this sensation that vaguely feels like, and it might just be the combination of you wearing the mask or maybe even you projecting onto the mask, but it almost feels like this constant sensation of forgetting something. Hmm. Or like there's some place that you knew you're supposed to be, but you can't remember where. I hate that feeling. I had a meeting five minutes ago. I know, I hate that feeling. <laughs> what if we get there and the mask just flies off of Sudi and joins with the rest of Hakatep? <laughs> well. Then we're going to have the mother of all boss fights and die gallantly. This, of course, sensation steadily grows over the course of the day and into the next morning because uh, you reattuned to the mask and are fully attuned again. Woo. All right, we wake up and we, uh, we're going to have an interview with a mummy. I don't know if I want to bust that out in the middle of the desert. Yeah, I'd wait until we're, like, back in the tomb. Plus, we could have, like, Tedasura there. Is Tedasura <laughs> going to be okay with us doing that? I don't think she's going to go into the tomb with us. She didn't last time. I guess the question is, is how pressing is getting this information? It's pretty pressing. Yeah, but we still have to make all the stops anyway. Unless yeah. this becomes so pressing that actually they can just go and uh, we'll... Teleport or whatever. Well, regardless, there is no way for us to get there unless Chisisek's like, oh yeah, I hit a teleportation circle that'll get mm -hmm. you right there in the desert. More than likely, we're going to need some way to fly up there. Also, outside in the hot desert, there's a really good chance that'll damage his mummy. Yeah, that's a fair point. Okay, yeah, no, Maybe I agree with that. when I we mean, get you'll... to the Moftet and if there's like a building that we could, you know, sequester in. You'll mm. reach the Moftet tonight. Okay, let's do that. So you pack up, set off again, travel through another long day, making pretty good time with, you know, the, the six of you crowded on the back of this chariot and some of you riding on camels and these moftet flying overhead as mm -hmm. you make the eight of you make your way across the open desert. Mm -hmm. you can split into two adventuring teams now with a mech suit. <laughs> hanging mech off. suit's definitely on the B team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just sitting down with its feet dangling over the back Sarah of the chariot. Sarah can just fight in the mech suit since you can fire, sure. you know, well, she That's doesn't have true if we show her how to use it. <laughs> Snake pops out like a little periscope. <laughs> <laughs> After a long travel, you eventually arrive at the ruins of Kermal. The Moftet greets you, allow you entrance. There's a 
fair amount of excitement, particularly with one, the actual return of Rocky, some nervousness and wary glances towards Lagash. Rahi leads you to her father's house, turns and holds up a hand. If you do not mind, I think I should be the one to tell him. Of course. Um, I also have the spell that can turn her back into a moftet, or I don't don't know if y'all want to leave her as a cat. Masika shrugs. It will be for my father to decide. Well, I mean, just, I guess, I, I have the spell, depending on what you guys decide to do. She turns, makes her way in. You sit out here for some time. A few people walk by, watch all of them curiously. An older Moftet woman watches Lagash from the end of the street with a, a mixed expression of relief and concern. Lagash cannot make eye contact with her. Oh, that's his Aww. mom, I bet. Oh, uh, probably. Nima smiles and creates food and water and hands it out to the children and, you know, lets them play with her snake and all the rest of that. Hmm. Rahi returns if you'll wait for a moment longer takes Lagash and returns inside Hmm. with the cat oh okay after another few minutes pass she comes back and collects all of you and leads you inside the chamber is quiet and dark Arayu sits behind his table gestures for all of you to sit as well alright his face is stoic in almost more practiced manner than his daughter's Rahi has informed me of your success. I, 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 I mean, I don't know if I'd call it success. I'm sorry we were not able to do more. The corruption ran deep. And the uh, guardian of that, the Sphinx, invites you to return and stay in the shadow as long as you promise not to go within. They honor the ancient agreement, she said. We will return and ensure that none fall victim to what our misguided youths did before. I thank you. You are right, Citra Nahamra. Unfortunately, sometimes when the rot sets in, there is no choice but to excise it. You are people of your word. You aided my people. I pray Rahi was of great service to you. Yes. Very much Masika so. nods. Couldn't have found our way without her. <sighs> he nods to Rahi, steps into another room, returns back with a leather oil-wrapped bundle. This long object she gives to her father, who lays it on the table, a gift from my people to yours. There was a warrior once. A great man. He looks straight into Masika and Nima's eyes. One of your people. Many, many years ago, he came to us to aid us in our conflicts against a rival tribe of Moftet. This warrior was a skilled swordsman, but swords, as I no doubt you became aware, are of little use against those outside of your terrestrial reach. Our shamans crafted this weapon for him, and I give it to you. Even if the blade is not something of use, perhaps its enchantments can be. He unfurls this, revealing an exquisite 
exquisite bronze scimitar. Its surface is carved with intricate designs, giving it almost the look of a wing, a repeated feather motif along the back portion of the blade. There's an eagle motif to its pommel. This he slides across to all of you. Hollis inspects it. Looking this over, politely whispering off a spell to identify it. This is a plus two scimitar. Oh, wow. It also allows the wearer to soar through the air to deliver their attacks. (laughs) As a free action, the wearer can fly without having to maintain concentration, as if affected by the fly spell for up to 20 rounds each day, with a plus five bonus on fly checks. These rounds need not be consecutive. In addition, as long as the scimitar is in hand, the wielder can use Featherfall at will, caster level 11. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Feasibly, you can just use it in one round burst as a free action where you're just like, I fly up, I stab this guy, and then I just let myself Featherfall. <laughs> wow. wow. That is something. That's incredible. Can anybody use this sword? Uh, it's a martial weapon. I don't believe anyone in the party's proficient. <laughs> no, nope. but next level is nope. a feat level. I wish level. I could. I'm going to take martial weapon proficiency. I might, especially if it was since it was crafted for a person of my tribe. So you want it? Yeah. How much is it worth? Uh, 27000 Jesus Christ. I mean, on the plus side, like, even if Citra just decided to hold onto it, she could still stabby stabby with her kukri and let this thing carry her around like Mjolnir dragging her through the sky to stab people. I mean, but, that is true. <laughs> I mean, if nothing else, Featherfall at will means if you fell off the flying pyramid, you'd be okay. For 60 feet. No, for 660 no. feet as cast For 660 feet oh. before you then have to recast it again. Mm-hmm. If somebody else wants it, that's fine. That's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. I kind of want it. <laughs> that's a really you can cool take one. it. Cool. So, Citra, you want that? Yeah, I think I'm gonna. You could always pick up the martial weapon proficiency to that stab is people true. with it too. That's true, and like you it. could. Wait, I don't think you could sneak attack with it though. No, yes, but you if can. you're not able to sneak attack, you're, you thinking, might as well. you're thinking second oh, edition. Yeah, in first no, in edition, first edition, you can sneak you attack totally with a Oh, that's right. Or... You can sneak attack with a scimitar. Yeah. You could so do a two weapon scimitar kukri fighting. Yeah. Build. The the that only problem that Citra would run into is that she can't use her dexterity bonus for the attack roll or the damage for it. Ah, well, goodness, man, they're just doling out the treasure. I mean, Citra's got some years. She can learn how to use a scimitar. That's pretty cool. Or Masika could take martial weapon proficiency next level. Who knows? Either way. I mean, I've spent a lot of money on things, and I can already fly, <laughs> so. A, yeah. a lot of it's going to depend on how much money you guys are actually getting out of this adventure, I suppose. I feel like Citra's going to need it to fight the Sky Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, on a plus side, it means wings. that Citra could carry it in her hand that she has her glove of storing with and then fly at people. And then if she needs to two up and fight with the kukri, she could just snap her finger, send the scimitar away, two up and fight with her kukris, drop a kukri, snap her finger to pull the weapon back out and fly at somebody again. <laughs> it's true. So again, you can just use it to drag you around through the air like Mjolnir. Whoa. But pretty cool. Does it have a cool name? It is the scimitar of the striking wing. Mm. Ooh, Raven, it's a wing. It's kind of a bird theme. <laughs> That's a my, my moniker. It's true. They basically went, this this cool guy is really cool, and he's also willing to help us. Let's let him actually get into the fight. Mm. Here's a sword. It will drag you through the air. And, of course, it's a scimitar because that's the only thing that the Moftet use. Mm. Yep. Makes, Makes sense. sense. What do you want me to do about the kitty? Is she aware? No, she she thinks she's a cat. For all in, intents and purposes right now, she, she is a cat. Will you stay here this evening? Sure. If you would like, yes. 
then I ask that you release her from this magic in the morning. If she is willing to make amends, we will offer her that opportunity. If not, we will allow the desert to decide. Hmm. Sounds fair. We have kept your room. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Rest easy. We will provide for you this evening. I suppose you turn, make your way back out. Mm-hmm. Rahi smiles. That is a great deal of appreciation for my father. Yeah. He does understand. I told him that you did all you could. Is Logash going to be okay? He has been given the choice of staying and making amends or banishment. He has chosen to stay. That makes sense. When his amends are made, his crimes will be forgotten. Do you mind if I ask what the amends are? In his case, it is servitude. He must go on all of the hunting treks and excursions, scouting missions, the most dangerous of tasks in the desert. For how long? Until my father believes that he has made amends. Hmm. She inclines her head. I voluntarily already take these tasks. I will watch him. Hmm. He is fragile right now, but we will support him. He has chosen to come back, and he is one of us. Oh, good. Please, let me escort you. She leads you through the town, back to the same room before, where you have an opportunity to kind of make yourselves comfortable, unpack everything. Speak to our or our dead friend. Yep. Are you, uh... You've got Sudi with you now, so he can at the very least, he can kind of crouch and enlarge himself, reach down and pull the sarcophagus out of the bag fairly hey. easily himself, especially with his especially new plus with the, six uh, strength yeah. belt. I now have a, <laughs> so I have a 22 strength now. Nice. I like to think that Sudi does this and is just thinking like, how did they get this in the bag in the first Especially place? without Citra. <laughs> yep. So I suppose you produce this, set it up in the center of the room. Sudi, you... Remove the sarcophagus lid? Yes. You set the wooden lid to the side. You remove the second interior lid, and the thin form of Chisisek lays in the darkness, a mask showing an older face than what Sudi saw before, but still this boyish countenance of this golden funerary mask over the head of his mummy staring up into the darkness. I'll pick it up here next time. No. Dang it. <sighs> Words with a mummy. Goodness. I don't know about y'all, but I do not think little uh, transformed kitty is going to be all that. Find the Path Adventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Paths are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.